Let's begin by all joining together in praying. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you are our rock, you are our redeemer. Amen. Who's going first? First in line for recess? We're there. First in line for chow time, so you get the most time. Yep, we're pretty good with that. First in line at the grocery store. First for the sale. First up at the stoplight, even as you're driving home. How about this first ticket of the day at the DMV? You get to be very, very first. If something's good, we're good then with being first. But how about this? How about first in line for shots? Or first one to wake up during the night with the little baby in the threat of comfort? How about first to tell your friend that there's a problem and that they need to deal with it? First one to fail in front of the group and for the group to see it. First one to get looked down on because of your religious beliefs. Because of what's in your heart. First can be good. First can also hurt. Today we're going to be talking about what it's like to be first to follow after Jesus. And I think it's okay to admit, it's something that doesn't seem to make much sense. Because, yes, this discussion, this part of Christianity is the reason why so many people have rejected Jesus in his ways and have stopped following after him. Today, we are going to be thinking about this problem of suffering out in the world and the problem of suffering that you and I experience in our lives and you already heard what's hard about it. Because you heard how God describes what it's like to be first after Jesus. You will be the first to suffer. But the flip side that Jesus says here that doesn't make much sense is you will be the first to suffer and you and I can take pride suffering. What does that mean? So yeah, like the things we would rather hide the suffering so that other people don't see Christianity as painful. The secret struggles that we go through for following Jesus that make us doubt God's goodness. The parts of the path that following Jesus that we would rather avoid and go around the long way rather than walk through. Suffering for being first behind him. How can we do that? Why do we even want to open ourselves up to it? What does that kind of pride look like? That's what we're going to start with. The last thing. What does pride or glory and sufferings really mean for us as people? Actually, really, let's start with what it does not look like because that I think we know more clearly it is not going to be pride and glory in yourself for being able to make it through a rough time to the other side 
I know it's not this. I know it's not Christians who like to go on social media and post about how awful Christians have it in our country and how unfair the government is toward us. I know it's definitely not a feeling of like maybe being able to balance out your sins with a little bit of suffering for God. And then if you've got a lot of sins, the more you suffer for God, then the more equal with God you can get. I know it doesn't look like that. Anything like this, and it's not the pride and glory and sufferings that God's talking about here, that God wants you to have. Anything that's more like a, a comparison, pride and glory, because you and what you go through and what you do, that's not it. No, for Christians, this is not where our pride and our glory are going to come from. Not even in suffering for God. Our pride and our glory come because we are the first ones to follow behind a really good leader. Like, the best leader. And I think you know the type of leader that I'm talking about, right? The one who does not get much playing time but who is there, ready to run onto the field with water bottles for the rest of the team and to do that faithfully? They're the ones that, after the workday ends and they've stopped getting paid, they're the ones that stay after and talk to you and help you and train you so that you can get better at your job, even when they're not getting paid. It's the leader who knows that they're leading their troops into a dangerous situation and who goes there first and then turns around and shows everybody else that they can deal with their fears too, that they can follow. If you know a leader like that, and you get to follow a leader like that, then it just happens. You take pride in being connected and being behind them. For us as Christians, our pride and glory in suffering happens when first off we understand who is out in front of us, and what he did for us. So let's start again here with some of the best words in the entire Bible. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you hear what he's saying? Not the good ones. Not for the people who are almost there. Not for the ones who try to pay it back in their own way. No, for the powerless, the ungodly on their own, for the sinners, Jesus died for them. Your pride and your glory in suffering starts with this by knowing that Jesus did this for you. That Jesus willingly suffered for you, and he willingly did it with all of his heart in it too. You know how Jesus did this? Not with boasting in himself and pride in what he was doing and building and puffing himself up, but with you on his heart as the end goal. It was his absolutely gracious love that only God could show because it's love that does not make sense to us. But it starts with you trusting that this is love for you, because it is love for you, God says. That your forgiveness is real right now because of what Jesus has done. 
that he was the first one and the only one to be able to go there and that he did for you. His suffering does do something, though, to the ones who follow after him and follow behind him. We go back, and this is what Paul says a little bit earlier. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And what do we boast in first? We boast in the hope of the glory of God. We boast firstly because we're good with God. Our hearts can actually be at peace because of what he's done to finish our sins. It's like God's grace is this constant rain sort of thing that we just stand out and it falls on us and falls on us and won't ever stop falling on us because God promises it won't stop in Jesus. So the first part of God's godly pride and glory and suffering, it's pride and glory in knowing suffering cannot change what he's done for us. And it'd be really cool if I could say amen and that this was the last part of being a Christian, but this isn't all God says here. There's more, and I promise you it's going to challenge you. Because hear what God says again. Not only so, not only hope and glory of God, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, then character. And finally, character into hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, God calls us as Christians to see suffering as glory. I mean, that's crazy, right? You didn't hear God say that sufferings that you will take glory in are sufferings where you know the purpose and you know the reason why he's sending it and and you know it's going to be like tests that kind of just make you better. No, these sufferings for him might force you to quit your really good job that you love, that gives you financial stability. These sufferings might force you to have the tough conversation and to lose the friend that you treasure. These sufferings might make it very obvious that you are the crazy one, that you're the one who follows him even in the bad times, that you look like you're out of your mind, kind of like Job and the way that Job described this that we heard. No, God calls Christians to follow after him into sufferings like this, and this is going to challenge you. This part of the, the suffering and the glory of suffering, though, I think it works a little bit like the Rube Goldberg machines. You guys remember Rube Goldberg machines, science class? Seen a couple nods. If you haven't gotten there yet in school, wait. It's awesome. It's fun. I really hope it's still part of education. Uh, if it's not part of your education and you don't know it, go back home and YouTube. You're going to spend way too long uh, because you kind of get hooked. These things just draw you in to watch more and more and more because these are the kind of things that are the chain reaction where it starts. It starts with the marble and it rolls down the ramp and it hits the domino. And then the one domino turns into the thousand dominoes set up perfectly as they should be. And then then the dominoes end with 
it hitting a switch. And the switch turns on a fan, and the fan moves the balloon, and the balloon does this and this and this and this. It really is this awesome thing where you love watching one thing lead to the next thing, lead to the next thing, lead to the next thing, um, because you want to get to the end, and you want to watch to the end. And that's really cool, because this is what God does for us through our sufferings, too. Here's the chain again. Listen. We glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, then character. And then finally, character turns into hope. Pride and glory in suffering comes because suffering works itself into hope. And it's not hope that your life and you will be better not hope that you don't have to go through it again. But this is hope in Jesus, that there will be something perfectly better because of him. Hope that there is a place where you can be done with suffering forever and forever and forever. Hope that there's something like that. This side of heaven here, what we experience and know, it's only going to be hope. The now reality of following behind Jesus means absolutely carrying a cross for him. So it's going to be this contradiction to anyone who sees you suffering for him. It's going to look like this reason for you, you to pity yourself and for you to try to get other people to pity you and to feel sorry for you too. I mean, you can even think about how people reacted to Jesus suffering on the cross. Do you remember what they did? They're weeping crying out. This, for some, there's spiritual clarity, but for us, it's pity that we see. So don't be surprised when you suffer if that's what you're feeling like, if that's what other people are seeing, but this is not the real reality behind all of it. Because the Holy Spirit is at work with you to give you hope and his love. You see, when Christians go through Jesus-like suffering, that comes knowing this is part of God's purpose to save, to get you more focused on the perfect life to come, restored forever with him in heaven. That hope and love that goes beyond what is seen and experienced in our world, that hope and love is something that we hold on to tightly for right now, and we eagerly wait for the day when all of that is gone, to what the kids know. And said really well, to an eternity where there is no sickness or sadness or brokenness or anything bad ever going to happen to you again. Because when you follow Jesus there, you're not going to be behind Jesus anymore. There he's done leading you through all of that. There you get to see Jesus face to face. There you get the good of being face to face with God. And that's the end of where he's leading you. So how do we approach this and take glory in this? Don't pity Jesus as we watch him go to the cross during Lent. Don't pity yourself when you go through suffering for Jesus. Instead, when suffering hits, be proud to be counted worthy of following behind him. On his path, you're going to follow him to the perfect joys of heaven forever. And suffering that ends in that behind your Savior, that's always glorious. Amen.